You're listening to Force Friends Rewatch, a Star Wars TV show podcast. From Rebels to Resistance and The Mandalorian to Ewoks, we've got you covered. Here's your warning, there will be spoilers. And there will be swearing, because our host just gets so gonk darn excited to talk about these good, good shows. Welcome to Forest Friends Rewatch. I'm your host, Andy. And I'm Ryan. On Force Friends Rewatch, we rewatch Star Wars television shows and we talk about them. Heck we are, yeah. Yeah! We are currently covering every Mandalorian-related episode of The Clone Wars, then Rebels, and then The Mandalorian. And we just watched Clone Wars Season 4, Episode 14? Um, yeah, or that thereabouts. Right. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, a friend in need. A friend in need. It's the one where Ahsoka chops four people's heads off in one swing. Yeah, that happens. She's 16. She should be getting her learner's permit. But she's chopping people's heads off. What the heck? But before we get into this uh, episode, Ryan has a bit for us. Yeah. Um, oh, also, real quick before that, like, sorry we took a really long break. The world is terrible and it's hard to record podcasts right now when everything sucks but <laughs> ryan's got a bit for us ryan what's the bit um yeah so uh i guess honestly the bit is just what is your craziest crack theory about that new mandalorian season two trailer um i don't really have any which is oh, no. not good for the bit the bit but, like I think a lot of Star Wars theories are dumb and that people are dumb and that people get too emotionally invested in like building this story that they think is going to happen in their mind and they get really attached to this. They essentially like write a fanfic and they get really, really freaking attached to it and this idea that it's going to happen and they put it out there and they put their name on it and they're like this is what's going to happen in season whatever or this is what's going to happen in the new movie I and then when it, it doesn't it affects their emotional response to the story itself and they look dumb and yeah. then like they get mad because they look dumb as well so well, like here's mine a lot of people think that Boba Fett's jetpack uh, strapped to the back of is strapped to the back of Din's speeder bike and a lot of people think the Sasha Banks character in the black robe could be Sabine or for some reason Ahsoka. I think that's ridiculous. I think the jetpack strapped to the back of Din's bike is, hear me out, Grand Admiral Thrawn disguised as a jetpack. Could be Mara Jade. And I Ooh. think the Sasha Banks character in a cloak is either grown-up Rada the Hutlet, who's jealous of the reception that baby Yoda got that baby Java never did, yeah, he had some work done. Um, poor Sinky. <laughs> or uh, I think Sasha Banks's character could be Boba Fett's jetpack. It's not strapped to the bike at all. That's a red herring. She's mm. Boba Fett's jetpack in disguise as a uh, martial arts champion, Sasha Banks. Yeah, 
I think that's as good as any theory I've heard. I'm glad you said what you said because yeah, <laughs> you said so, it like, better and less weird. <laughs> I do think it's I do think it's fun to like imagine like oh wow what, what's going to happen like that'd be neat. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. But yeah, the people who like make theory content and like yeah, theory like, driven apparent- content is weird. Apparently Pedro Pascal got fired halfway through the oh season or quit God. and stuff like like and like Kathleen Kennedy is like I don't know like chopping people's dicks off and eating them and like because I, the Pedro Pascal thing would totally be reported by a geek driven YouTube channel before like yeah. an industry trade or something come on like it's it's all buck wild and like it is buck wild you got Andy to say buck wild yeah, you know how hard that is not hard. It's so but hard. Point stands. So yeah, I think it's it's perfectly fun to like imagine what you think might happen, and like there was a lot of neat stuff in that trailer, and and like a trailer is supposed to get your mind working. Yeah, of, like oh, what's any of that mean? But there was just um, enough neat but, stuff. It didn't it didn't tell me too much. I still don't know what the focus this season is any more than I did at the end yeah. of season eight, and that's awesome. There's been tons of rumors about Tamora Morrison coming back, which since we started this, I have said I want him to be Cody on Kenobi. And if yeah. that happens, I'm going to be stoked and I'm going to brag about it. If it doesn't, that's totally fine. I'm sure whatever the writers come up with is better than what I can. So, Did yeah. you hear about his agency? No. His agency did some resume updating. Um, if you're completely spoiler free for upcoming Star Wars content, don't go look. But uh, safe to say, we'll be seeing Tamora again in some capacity. And if you really care, you can seek out his agency and check that out. Dope. Yeah. Character name, project, season, everything. Just put okay. it all out there. Cool, anyway. cool, cool. Yeah. Anyway. Well, let's dig into this episode. Um, so it, yeah. picks, it picks up with... Uh, some stuff that we've recently seen when it comes to Mandalorian content, which is like uh, this collection of independent systems who are trying to stay neutral. I guess I shouldn't say independent because the CIS is the yeah. better of independent system. But the neutral systems... I think it's the Council of Neutral Systems is what yeah. they call themselves. Yeah. They're, they're having a meeting, and uh, there's some people there that we recognize, including uh, Padme and Satine. Steen, yeah, Satine's got to be there. It's her planet. Uh, on Mandalore, and Ahsoka is there. And Lux Bonteri shows up, who um, we have seen him before. His mom is or was the head of a planet that is neutral, and Dooku killed her or had her killed. I don't really remember. It's not really important. But he gives a rousing speech about, like, fuck Count Dooku. And he's a bad man. And he gets, like, dragged off by... There's some, like, Confederacy representatives. They, like, drag him off and arrest him for treason. And Ahsoka's like, oh, damn, this kid's gonna get himself killed. So she, like, busts him out. And she's like, I'm gonna take you back to the Republic. You're gonna be safe there. Like, we'll get you set up. Like, you're going to be fine. And he's like, how about I make some more bad decisions? And he uh, knocks Ahsoka out and flies her to a planet that starts with a C. Carlac. Carlac. Yeah, there we go. Carlac. Little Carlac. 
And he's like, hey, Ahsoka, these are my friends. They're called Death Watch. They're definitely <laughs> not baddies. They're going to help me kill Count Dooku, and it's going to be dope. And oh, Ahsoka, poor sweet Lux. Ahsoka is like, I'm not a Jedi. I'm his fiance. And I think this is all not terrible. And they're like very convinced that Ahsoka thinks this isn't terrible and that she's Lux's fiance. And Ahsoka and R2 are kind of like taken in by Death Watch uh, and like put to work. R2 manages to hide Ahsoka's lightsabers and is put to work repairing droids that Death Watch like use for fun torture slash target practice. And Ahsoka is put to work with a bunch of villagers who have been enslaved by Death Watch. This is the second time we see R2 pull the old lightsaber trick, isn't it? I guess it's not an old trick at this point. Yeah, it's a classic. Um, Lux continues to make some bad decisions, and he's like, these Death Watch guys, they're pretty cool. Like, Death Watch is a badass name and definitely not evil. Pre Vizsla is like... Hey, I got this scar trying to assassinate Count Dooku before. Which is that true? Like, did we? Did we? We don't see that, right? That's never been represented in a story yet. But there's no reason to doubt him, and I think that could play into why we see Death Watch fighting battle droids in the live action series. Fair, fair. Okay, so. Vizsla is pretty charismatic, and he's got Lux kind of under his thumb. And we also meet Bo-Katan during all this, and she's just yeah. so badass and a lesbian. And <laughs> Most definitely. Uh, eventually, oh, what happens? Some, like, village dude is like, hey, can we have our people back that you kidnapped and enslaved? And Lux is like... Hey, Death Watch, what about that? And Death Watch is like, oh, yeah, Vizsla's like, sure, why not? And Lux is like, see, they're, they're nice guys. They're not, <laughs> like, evil frat bros. And they, Ahsoka's like, this is fucked. Uh, they go to bring the villagers back, and um, Pre Vizsla murders this girl in front of everyone, and then is like, kill all the people. And Lux is like, oh, fuck. They're called Death Watch. Damn it. And Ahsoka's (laughs) like, I told you. And a bunch of super badass fighting happens. Uh, Like, R2 gets Ahsoka lightsabers, and she just starts fucking people up. Even before she gets her lightsabers back, she, like, stabs a dude with a spear. Like, Yeah, I had forgotten about that until the rewatch. Yeah, it's so dope. Um, And, like... Clearly, we we see Ahsoka be a badass all the time in Clone Wars, but it's usually against battle droids. Yeah. And if you have not watched old Clone Wars, like if you just watched Siege of Mandalore, where she's like, oh, we can't hurt the clones, and you're like, Disney. Like, (laughs) nah. Like, this is on Disney Plus. Ahsoka is chopping people's heads off. Like, it's. It's yeah, nuts. she's her her reluctance to hurt the clones is not some kind of reservation from combat. That's all about the clones. Here yeah, with these Mandalorians who she knows have done evil, she is not afraid. No. And she goes toe-to-toe with Pre Vizsla, which is a great fight. Uh, yeah, a that's cool a fantastic stuff. fight. 
I forgot she, about that. She I forgot ex- about a lot here. Yeah. She escapes with Lux, where, like, Lux is relegated to the, like, girlfriend who has to drive the car role, where Ahsoka oh, yeah. is badass action star who gets to, like, just kick ass. It reminds me of uh, Last Crusade, where... Indy is on the boat kicking butt and the blonde Nazi girl is like trying to drive the boat and it's just like Indy like oh no Um, but it's Lux and um, she fights Bo-Katan again and it's badass and Lux and Ahsoka escape and then Lux is like hey I'm going to keep going and making questionable friends and he leaves yeah he really has a pattern there yeah and this is the only standalone episode of season four. I believe it's the last truly standalone episode we got. So I saw some trivia that this was supposed to be in an arc with um, Padme's ex-boyfriend. That's right. And they cut him up. They were like, no, we'll stick this one here and we'll do the ex-boyfriend shit later. I think it um, works better that way and it allows Ahsoka and Lux to breathe and to tell this story that's ultimately about idealism gone wrong yeah and i think that would have highlighted this as more of a romantic pairing than it is i think it's clear that like some people on staff wanted lux and ahsoka to be a thing but they don't have chemistry and they don't work together and they're they don't ever become a thing thank god no and he's that dynamic i think is an important part of both of their development but it's equally if not far more important that they don't become a thing. Yeah. Uh, so what do you think? Do you like these episodes? Do you I, dislike them? Or I, guess I episode, have a complicated but. opinion that hinges on the character of Bo-Katan. Um, I like this episode, and I like her other episodes, but I do not feel that these stories work in a way that we can reconcile the character as the so, same person. This is a different Bo-Katan. There are two elephants in the room with this episode, and I think elephant in the room numero uno is Bo-Katan does a war crime. Yeah, and and yeah. she's the she might be the only that you can say that some Star Wars villains didn't deserve their redemption, but she's the only one where there's no moment to point to that she might have. So I think. Star Wars Explained talked about this, where they're like, Star Wars is mythology, and it's fantasy. And in the real world, Darth Vader does not deserve redemption because he loves his son and sacrifices himself. And that's that's correct, 100%. Um, But he, like... It's it's a myth and it's a it's a fable and yeah. you're you're able to accept that and he's able to be a space ghost in Force Heaven and it's not awkward. Bokitan I think is in a similar boat where like yeah similar. we see her do horrible things in this episode and when we see her again later in Clone Wars and then also in Rebels. It's kind of understood that, like, yeah, she did some bad things, but she's a goodie now, and you just kind of roll with it. Yeah. In real life, that doesn't work. In, I think, a myth like Star Wars, you can buy it a little more. I hope that if we do see her in more content, that she addresses the, like, yeah, when I was under that charismatic 
cult leader Previsla, I did some fucked up stuff and I regret it. Yes. But we've never yeah. seen her say that. No, we haven't. And I think her moment of, I mean, I always joke with a friend of mine who really likes her that like, Bo-Katan's totally down with Death Watch until the guy in charge is an immigrant. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no outsider will ever oh, excuse me. Is, Make is, Mandalore is, great again? What is 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 uncomfortable? Yeah, and, like she could have said like no Sith Lord, or she could have said like no dictator, no fascist. Yeah, but no she tyrant. Said, she said no outsider will rule Mandalore, and uh, I'm Aldi because like she. For all of the shit of like her and Previsla with like the strong will rule Mandalore. It's a meritocracy. Maul should rule. Like Yeah. Also, it wasn't her sister's death that like led her to be a revolutionary. It was the the alien guy with the horns is well, in no, charge her sister now. her sister is still alive at the oh, point. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Well um but they, her sister's capture didn't do anything. Although we don't know their history. Filoni has hinted that there is a lot there that there, there are episodes know. coming up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Bo Katan does a war crime and it's uncomfortable. And Very. nothing with her has really addressed it or dealt with it. Granted, uh, there's not the space to talk about war crimes in a primetime 8 to 12-year-old animated series. Well, we got Ahsoka chopping heads off left, That's right, true. and center. So, like, yeah. I think a, a conversation of, I did bad things and I regret it. Like, you don't have yeah, to be that's like, true. I committed yeah, you can't a genocide. Say war crimes. No, but yeah, but the like, fact that, yeah, there should have been some kind of, and that's where I think, I mean, I learned that as they developed this episode, there was just a space for a Death Watch lieutenant, and they've decided to drop the Bo-Katan Kreese character that was created for season five in to introduce her early. This was not written with Bo-Katan in mind, and I think dropping her in might have been ill thought out. On the same side, though, it's a great intro. Like, yeah. Like, I know it doesn't reflect who the character becomes, but it's a great intro for a villain. Hell yeah. And like, she's got these punchy knives and flamethrower's going all crazy and she's fighting Ahsoka on a moving speeder and it's awesome. Oh like, yeah, she she's does be- she, she does better than Vizsla does uh, against Ahsoka. Yeah. And, and he basically like, said that the character's genesis was ultimately the desire to have a cool, like, femme-armored character and I think he nailed it there. Yeah. We really and, hadn't seen... a badass armor lady before and just like a lot of characters in especially like nerd pop culture grow and change as other people write them or as the story evolves like deadpool's intro is nothing like who deadpool is now that's what i've heard i haven't read it yeah and i mean i i have issues with deadpool fans but yeah. he's introduced as a just a mercenary like with big guns and as a one-off X-Men villain and that's it. And like, he is completely unrecognizable now. Yeah. And, uh, I think, I think Bo-Katan kind of has a bit of that where she's introduced as this really formidable, badass Mandalorian character. And 
and we see her three seasons later and she's totally different. Uh, I think the other elephant in the room is do droids have sentience? Yeah. There's, there's big questions raised here. That is a very uncomfortable question in relation to the rest of Star Wars. And yeah. uh, different creators have kind of put rocks on either side of that question of like, yes, they do. And no, they don't. Um, and I think this episode asks it in a big way and is leaning more towards the, yes, they do side of things, but it is, uh, that is a complicated issue in star Wars. Yeah. It's, I tend to err on the side of it being a spectrum. Like, battle droids that are controlled by a central computer probably do not have any degree of sentience that we would recognize. Although then there's Roger, then there's Bones, you know? But I think R2-D2 and C-3PO kind of sit at the top of a pyramid of sentience. So I tend to tell people it depends. Yeah. And... I think it's the longer any droid goes without a memory wipe, the more sentience it gains. Yes. And if you look at 3PO in A New Hope, he tells Luke, I'm terrible at storytelling. I can't tell stories. And then you look at him in Return of the Jedi and he tells a story to the Ewoks about the entire Star War. And it's beautiful and moves everyone. So, I figured like, 3PO was lying in A New Hope. I figured he knew that was in his programming, but he had also been programmed like, do not draw attention to yourself as a rebel droid. I don't think he... I don't think when we meet him in A New Hope, he is capable of lying. He, Yeah, he lies to Luke and totally feigns ignorance of the princess. Even though he think- is certainly aware of who she is. I mean, he's basically been programmed by Bale, I figured, to like, nope. Maybe I'm misreading that. I don't know if when A New Hope was made, 3PO knew he belonged to Princess Leia. Like he th- That's true. He belonged yeah, to Captain time. Antilles. So with Rogue One and we see him like more involved with the rebellion like on Yavin. No way. Maybe now it's different, but he he says at the beginning of the film, he says there will be no escape for the princess this time. And then oh, 15 minutes later, he's like, oh, a passenger of some importance, I believe. Okay, fair. You got me. You got me. Yeah, yeah I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, who knows with George Lucas? Sure. You know, the guy can't get straight how to pronounce Naboo. Uh, so maybe it was it was on day five of shooting he knew, and on day seven he didn't. But anywho, I see that as 3PO gaining more sentience the longer he's been with his friends. I like that interpretation. I'm going to think he's, about that. He's built more personality. Um, and then we see him in like the the Force Awakens comic line, you know, Poe Dameron. He's like running a spy network of droids oh, for, the, for the Resistance, which is dope. It's so good. So like 3PO, the longer he's gone without a memory wipe, the more of a person he's become. And he has dreams about his wiped memories, which is like nuts. And like, guys, maybe don't do memory wipes anymore. Like this seems real bad. But then you look at like 
buzz droids and conk droids and, and mouse droids and like do they really have a personality and just uh, a concept of self i don't think so conk droids are geniuses um the rest, yes. No, well, that, that short story with Tarkin and TK421 and the questions of consent, I mean, that mouse droid is very clearly like a lower end of the intelligence spectrum dog in terms of... Yeah. So, yeah, I think I think that varies. I mean, buzz and, droids and, are basically just demons. They're like gremlins. And I, I, we've seen different creators say that, like, oh, droids in Star Wars, especially, like, R2 units and BB-8 units, are, like, dogs. They're, like, the family dog. And I think that oversimplifies if, it, but I like that. If you've had a close relationship with a pet, I, like, that makes sense. Before I had my cats, I don't think I really got that. I was like, there's no way, like, BB-8 is, is just a pet. But now that I have a pet and I know how awesome they are, I'm like, you yeah. know, I totally see it. But I think um, R2 is smarter than most pets. Yeah. Well, R2 is definitely a special case. Oh, yeah. He's, um, he's lassie. I think the other thing, too, is, like, droids are a immediate shorthand for which characters are, like, special. Like... yeah. Characters who speak to their droids and have a close relationship, that is shorthand in Star Wars for saying this person's special. So you have Luke in R2, you have Anakin in R2, you have Rey in BB-8, um, and that is like an immediate shorthand for like, this protagonist is special. And then yeah. you have characters who treat droids wrong, and it's kind of shorthand that they're a bit of a jackass. So you have... I've Han, you have Obi-Wan yeah. in Clone Wars, where, like, they treat droids bad, and that is shown as, like, a negative quality. And then you also have organizations like the Empire, which are mis mistreat their droids, and that is seen as, like, a way for the Rebels to, like, get one up on them. And yeah. Hera is another character who she talks to her droid, and it, it shows that she's special. Chopper's part of the family, whereas Zeb is just kind of like, yeah, okay. But it does show also at the end of the day that he fought to get him back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. They are that's that's a good way of putting it. They're shorthand, and, and so I think it's an immediate shorthand here that Death Watch is bad. Like they they are abusive and yeah. they are unnecessarily cruel to these are droids. You... Are you familiar with the, the writing concept of saving the cat? Yes. Yeah. Uh, with the, Superman. Yes. Uh, it basically, for those who aren't, um, if you're going to write an anti-hero, you need a moment where they save a cat. Not a literal cat, sometimes a literal cat. Uh, but that moment that communicates to the audience that there might be more to this jerk than meets the eye. And droids are good for a save the cat moment. Ray decide. Ray seems very cold and standoffish, but when she decides to take a PB-8, that's saving the cat. And I think another interesting thing here is that Ahsoka destroys clankers for a living. Like, yes, that is what she does, and like Wolverine, she's the best at what she does. She still sees what the Mandalorians are doing to these droids as 
cruel and uh, an abuse of power dynamics. Yes. And uh, I think that is something very interesting about Ahsoka. Do you have anything else to say about droid rights there, Ryan? Um, yeah, no, I don't. Except that, like, one of the droids was the big retail droid with the giant soup can head from the Clone Wars movie, and I assumed they were completely remote control because they don't even talk. Like, I figured they were, like, droidicas, just anger personified. So it was interesting to see one talking here. But I think some of that has to do with droids doing whatever the plot requires to an extent. R2's a Swiss army knife. He has whatever tool the plot needs. I think that's kind of how droids in general work. And that's fine. That's what this genre is. Yeah, it's like when you shoot a door panel, does the door open or close or lock? And the answer is it does what the plot needs it to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Droids are kind of the same way at times. Um, And then you have droid characters who are like fully fleshed out characters like Mr. Bones or HK-47. Yeah. Um, Have you read... Oh, yeah, what I wanted to ask was, have you read the Star Wars Myths and Fables book by George Mann? I have not. So there is a special edition exclusive to Target that contains the Ewok religious text about the Golden God. I definitely recommend that. But um, there's a story in it called The Droid with a Heart, and it is a legend that droids tell about a tactical droid who tried to stand up to Grievous during the Clone Wars. It is super interesting and opens a whole new level of, like, what is droid culture? I love that, and I do hope we see that explained more. I do think that Lucasfilm will never quite come down on an answer either way, because if droids are people, then Luke Skywalker has owned people. And that's not great that that puts luke in a new light and yeah you can have heroes who have done fucked up and bad things but like maybe not in your kid's space opera do you want you know luke skywalker to have owned people yeah uh because that's 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 not good that's very bad yeah most of us agree uh, yeah, isn't it weird that only most of us agree? That's that's fucked up. Yeah, um, how about it? But but yeah, so I think our droids pe- like our our droids sentient sometimes. Yeah. Asterisk. Uh, uh at the end of the day, uh I I tend to side with the droid Gotra though and like droid rights. Um Heck yeah. I, I always side with the mages in Dragon Age, and I always side with Magneto in the X Men. So, I'm yeah. here for I'm here for droid rights. I get that. Do you have some fun facts for us, Ryan? I have a couple. Yeah. Um. So the Mandalorians were kind of redesigned for this episode to all have like their own weapon specializations and stuff. Uh, per a note from George Lucas that the Death Watch should be a biker gang. Uh, which is another layer of funny to anyone who has seen the patch vests of the Mando Mercs. You've seen two kinds of biker gang Mandos. Patch vests of all those Star Wars costume club people, really. Um, but then also uh, Vizsla in particular 
was designed with barrels on the sides of his helmet. Not antennas, barrels, per the show notes on StarWars.com that were inspired by some stuff from uh, Robotech and that whole aesthetic. That's I think that's not the first or last time we see Robotech inspire some Clone Wars designs. And then in addition, the chieftain of the village, hey, this is topical, current events. Um, the chieftain of the village is Chieftain Piter, named after Piter DeVries from Dune. So there's a lot of like a lot of little fun references to other sci-fi fantasy properties in this one little episode. It's almost like the people making this stuff are a bunch of nerds. Could you imagine? And yeah, there's a lot of... Uh, I know that the barrels on Vizsla's helmet were also something that were explored for clone troopers in Revenge of the Sith. And finally... Uh, Lux's ship is a Lantillian hauler from the Expanded Universe, but initially it's one of the earliest designs for Palpatine shuttle from Return of the Jedi. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and a Lantillian hauler does show up at the Battle of Exegol, but whether or not it's Lux, I guess it, it really couldn't be because he doesn't have the ship at the end of this episode. So who the and, heck knows? And he died. Did he? Yeah, he died in the uh, Battlefront book. I thought they kept that ambiguous. Oh, I mean, he... He, he basically, yeah. Oh, I honey. Oh. Well, yeah. maybe it was... Maybe it was... It was ambiguous, the three blaster shots. Did he really? Was, I don't remember that. something like that. Oh, man. Okay. It's something like, like, some, like, like a character leaves and they hear, like, a blaster fire or something. Oh, like gosh. I, I mean, I figured he wasn't going to survive. He's too close to Saw Gerrera. Not to not to like make a uh, a Game of Thrones reference because boy that show went down the shitter. That was something. Um, but um, it reminded me of uh, the fencing teacher, where it's like you know we're following Arya and she leaves and she never sees him die, but like you the audience like no he's dead. Yeah, I don't. I don't even. Uh, that's kind of how I read it, but it's been it's been a, it's been a couple years. So yeah, I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Lux is probably dead. Yeah, yeah. I, I, um, I figured. I'm surprised he lasted that long, honestly. Palpatine doesn't leave loose ends. But who knows? Maybe he's not. Yeah. Also, Lux tends to make bad decisions about who to be friends with. Yeah. Any love he can get. The poor sad boy. So, anything that we would have done better... Anything we would have changed? I think we forgot to to do that. Um, I think we kind of already talked about it a little bit. Like there could be a different character in the Bo-Katan. Yeah. Or like keep it Bo-Katan, but later have her show any sort of remorse or regret or like trying to make amends. Although there's not really time for that in this show. So who knows? They could have still thrown a line in there when she's yeah. recruiting Ahsoka. So it could be like, hey, didn't you do a war crime on that village? And Bo-Katan could be like, I'm trying to make it right, kid. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, um, that's kind of for later, though. Um, yeah. Lux kind of sucks. And he's kind of yeah. a dummy. Yeah, he's annoying. And it's it is perfectly reasonable to have a character who is a bit of a dummy or who kind of sucks, but yeah, he comes off as annoying in this episode and his, Very. his, his bad decisions are 
so obviously bad decisions that it makes him hard to be likable or relatable. Yes. I'd change that. Yeah, that could use a tweak. Anything else on your end? Not really. It's a fun, self-contained little adventure. Do you know what we're doing next week? Or next time, not next week. Yeah, we're doing the mall stories. Oh, dope. That's going to be fun. Yeah, we're doing Eminence and Shades of Reason and The Lawless. Hell yeah. Next time is going to be dope. Those are some great episodes. All right, well, that's going to do it for us. That does it. Follow us on Twitter at Force Friends Pod. Give us money at Kofi slash Force Friends Rewatch. Shoot us an email at Force Friends Rewatch at gmail.com. And we want to give a huge thank you to Bristol Podworks for that intro and for being our producer. Go reach out to them to make your podcast dreams come true. Uh, Ryan, what do we say at the end of the episode? We say, nowadays, this is the way. Oh, yeah.